Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Andy Potter. Hey there. Today we'll be discussing the latest four episodes of Star Wars Rebels. So that's Jedi Knight, Doom, Wolves and Adore, and A World Between Worlds. If you haven't kept up with Rebels, it's in its final season. And since last Monday, Disney has started to air its final seven episodes. Jedi Knight and Doom aired last Monday. Wolves and Adore and A World Between Worlds aired yesterday. And next week will be the big finale of the series. We will be talking spoilers of everything that has aired so far. So if you haven't seen these episodes, go watch them and come back. If you haven't seen Rebels and you're a fan of Star Wars, what have you been doing? Go watch the show and then come back. Um, And yeah, and you can find out more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, where we appreciate your star ratings or search for Overly Animated on your favorite podcatcher. So... Before we get started, very quickly, Andy, what were your thoughts on the state of the series overall coming into this last batch of episodes? Like, what did you, like, just give me very briefly what your opinion was of, like, this series and and whether or not you thought it was great or not, or... I think this series, and I think this is not an uncommon opinion, I think this series is very... It, it's it, it's very on and off. Sometimes it's really great and really fun to watch, and sometimes it's a little boring. But I found that it hits the big moments the best, so I wasn't really worried about the finale. Like, I was honestly more worried about the beginning of the season, and they actually kind of nailed it. And or, or it, they did really well for the beginning of the season. And so I was actually really going into these last few episodes really excited because if they got the beginning moments of this season well, really good i was really going to be excited about these last ones because like they really nailed the last three finales even though they were i think less interesting than this this finale so far and i don't know this is this is my expectations were high and they kind of exceeded them yeah yeah um i think the the again i think the rebel's biggest weakness is its consistency especially yeah. for in season one season two it really struggled relying on things of previous Star Wars films and shows to make things interesting. But um, it, it, when it gets things right, like it's at times, sometimes some of the best Star Wars you can get because it's really just, they really nail it when they need to nail it. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the show. I've always been a fan of the show, but um, especially since season three, They've really stepped it up. And I really do think that has a lot to do with the villain. Because in the previous yes. ones, the villains, like, you can argue that, yes, Vader's a villain, but he's barely there because he's Vader and they can't overuse him, you know? Well, no, and the bigger problem with Vader is that they can't beat Vader because exactly. he's Vader. Exactly. Like, there's, there's, there's a lot of problems with these shows, like Rebels. Like, Clone Wars was okay. They could introduce all these characters. I'm talking about the show. Yeah. They could introduce all these new villains and characters that they could defeat because the villains could lose. But in this show... We know how it has to end in some exactly. ways, and exactly. so that that puts a lot more, lot more. Um, uh, it, it makes it a lot harder to write. But they've been. But once you get to season three, you introduce Thrawn, and now you have a villain who we have no idea how it's going to end up because he's not in the movies right now. So we don't know what's going to happen to him, and that makes it so much more interesting. And not just that, but I mean, you could, but again, you, we had the Inquisitors, right? Yes. But they they very clearly made them, because they were so related to Vader, and they made them yeah. so intricately below the big bad, that they, there was never any like super big tension with them. 
No. And then again, you we know like Vader is gonna exist. Like you can't beat Vader, and that's why when Azo- Ahsoka was introduced in season two, that's when everyone was like, "Oh God, what's gonna happen to Ahsoka?" Because they're gonna fight, and we know that Vader always wins. So that's why for me, like it's I think Thrawn has been one of the best things to happen to the show. And, and like, yeah, I just want to say like. Despite the fact that, like, he's not just a new character. Like, yeah, he's exactly. actually really good. He's, like, if anyone hasn't read, like, the th- like, well, I've just started reading Heir to the Empire, which is, okay, this is, like, really deep Star Wars stuff. But it's, like, from the expanded universe that technically isn't canon anymore. And this is when Thrawn was first introduced. Like, you read, like, a ch- one or two chapters into this and you already get, like, the inspiration. Like, Thrawn is already there and explored and it's great. He's he's one of the best characters from like coming from a book or from something that is in the movies, he's definitely one of the most interesting characters. So if you want, if you don't want to read, just like Wikipedia him and just read up on him. He's really interesting as a character. He, yeah, I didn't. I have not read the books, but I knew about Thrawn, and I knew that he he's kind of like in my head. I view him as kind of like the Star Wars version of Khan from Star yeah. Trek. Like he's just this incredible tactician, and you just always have to think like. 50 steps ahead or he's going to catch you off guard. Like, and he, and I think they really did it well in this show. Like, he always feels like he has a plan and he's just not going to lose. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really excited so far. Um, and let's get into these episodes because there's yeah. a lot to talk about. <laughs> we did actually talk about them. Yes. Um, again, we're diving straight into spoilers. Um, so again, you've been warned. Uh, Let's talk about episode 10, Jedi Knight. This is the first episode back after this like small winter break that the show took. And what a way to come back. I mean, do we just want to talk about it? Like the big thing that happens? Are we just, should we just go into it? Or do you want to like work from front, from beginning to end? I kind of work from beginning to end because I think this episode really sets it up well. I want to talk about the setup for it. All right. All right. So we start with Kanan meditating. And we we hear these these voices of things that sound familiar, but we may not have heard of. Are they from the future? Are they from the past? What's going on? We hear all these voices, and suddenly he decide and he meets eyes with a loath wolf way in beyond in the desert. Um, and then Ezra comes in and tell and he tells Ezra, "Look, we need to go save Hera because that's where we left off with Hera in the in the in the in the." hands of the empire and he tells Ezra Ezra you need to be the one in charge of this mission I care too much about Hera I can't be the leader in this so I want to first ask without going into what happens do you he knows right he knows what's gonna happen he this is the yes he knows at this point and that's clear and that was clear when I was watching it like I knew what was how this was gonna end but it it was still played so well. The way really? that he... You knew, like, you knew this was going to happen when it happens. Like, you knew. Yes. Okay, and interesting. I, I, I knew at this moment. I just, well, I, I, I was I was sending you notes as I was watching, and I think it was clear that I caught that moment. But I thought, I guess at the time, I was, wasn't sure if this was a drop for this episode or the next one. I, I felt like it, wasn't, it was unclear whether this was going to be the, an end of the episode thing or a end of the season thing like yeah but it was very clear that this he knew how this was going to end how his story was going to end here okay all right cool well cut to Hera being tortured by the empire and we, 
That was hard. It was. I thought they were gonna mess with her head permanently. I thought. I thought she was gonna turn into like um. What was the guy's name from season one with the thing oh, on his head? Yeah, Zebo. Yeah, I thought. I thought her head was gonna be all messed up like Debo's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I'm I'm also interested because that's the first time I find we finally learn how the interrogation probe works. No? Yeah. Cause I, I don't know why, but in my head, when I saw that in A New Hope with Leia, I thought that for some reason that needle went somewhere near the eye or the yes. head. So I was always freaked out by that thing. Yes. This makes it look like she's injected in the chest. Yeah, but I was really, even though they, it seemed like it was an injection, it really, like, the shot of the thing coming forward looked like it was going for her eye, and I was just Does it? I out. thought it was going for her chest. So I was like, oh my god, it's not the eye, thank god. Well, I, I, I mean, like, at first it does, then it goes for the chest. I mean, for like a split second, the okay. animation looks like it's going for the eye, but, ugh. I, oh. I don't like things going near eyeballs, yeah. just in general. Yeah, it's just I don't wear I didn't I didn't wear contacts for a reason and that's why I just don't don't get near my eyes. Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so we learn through this like scene of interrogation and that Hera had a brother who died early. Mm-hmm. I mean, did we learn that before? I, I again, I, a lot of things are blurring in for me, but I thought I, that was like a new revelation. I think that's a new revelation, but again, that could have been touched on in one of her like family episodes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be weird if it weren't. But then at the same time, it's like, well, like for a lot, for most of her thing, it's always been about her mom. So I was like, yeah. oh, she had a brother. What happened? But it's um, also not. It's also not unusual for the Star Wars shows to like skip over details like this. That is true. That is true. It all happens in the background. It all happens in some like single issue comic book that we yeah. will get eventually. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah. So the crew in the crew as the crew prepares their plan to get her, they decide to glide. They decide to use these gliders, which, which is random. I love it, but random. It's it's pretty great. It's I I I love these things. All the things that happen in these four episodes. This is the thing that I'm okay with. I like these stupid gliders. But at the same time, I'm like, this is this is a nod to Nausicaa, right? This is, it looks a lot like that, yeah. It's like it's totally like because I saw a lot of Mononoke with the wolves, so this is this is a nod to Nausicaa. It has to be because it, it's so out there. Like I love it, but it's so not. It kind of feels like you know in the Legend of Korra when at the end with Kuvira, they're like they become these like fly machine things, these wasp things. So I thought of it like that. It's like it's a clever thing, but it's not something that you would logically think of doing. It's just purely like, oh, this would be a cool visual, and so yeah. let's use that. So I, I don't think, know. That's the think, only thing that kind of. I stopped. think the gliders made a little more sense when you saw them in the air at night with the other actual flying creatures. Like they made a, the loth yeah. bats. I hate that everything on this planet starts with loth. For the but record. Did, but had they mentioned loth bats before? I don't believe so. It's that's why. It's sometimes, it's sometimes unclear, to be honest, when they're. In the earlier episodes, when they're on Lothal and when they're not. Like, yeah. so they might have shown up and they might not have. Like, it, I'm not 100% cl- sure. So it could be it could be they showed up in the background once or twice, but I might have thought it was a different planet. Right, right. 
Okay. All right. Fair. Fair. The only little thing that threw me was just like, wow, that's kind of random. Oh, now there are these loath bats. Okay, not as random, but also where were these loath bats before? Yeah. But um, of all the Deus Ex Machina, that's the one that's like, you're adding animals to the world. Like, yeah, I think yeah. I'm okay with that. But, um, but yeah, exactly. Because it's not so crucial to the main things in the story, it's like, it's fine. It's what it's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so they decide to go. But before that, uh, Kanan gets a haircut. Yes. And and you saw my reaction to this live. I said, <laughs> yeah. oh, no, shaved Kanan is hot. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I kind of wished he would have instead gone for like maybe a man bun or something. Oh, yeah. I feel like that would have been a little bit more like interesting. I, I understand the whole like. Uh, image of like cutting your hair so letting go i get it. it did you see the 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 fifth season of samurai jack uh the newest one yeah no i haven't there's but a scene there, there there's a scene in that show in that season where jack shaves and it's it really reminded me of this it was very reminiscent of the scene where jack re-becomes the samurai from the original seasons mm-hmm. and this this really reminds me of it and, and the tonal shift from kanan really matched that to me. And I'm I, I'm curious whether they looked at that and said that's a really cool visual, him shaving in that. It, it was just, if you look at the two scenes side by side, they're very similar to what I'm trying to say. Mm, okay, cool. I mean, for me, I just instinctively thought of Mulan. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Instinctively, I was like, all right, here's the Mulan moment. But, um... We need, the, we need the heavy rain and, like, the music in the background, though. I mean, I, I will not be satisfied until Christina Aguilera is singing in the background. Um, <laughs> I will not be satisfied. But, but yeah, so they go and infiltrate this, this base. And while they're on their way, we get an image of... Uh, where are we? We get, we get the scene with Tarkin talking to Thrawn. And this is something I really appreciate because unlike, say, the Lothbats that kind of came out of nowhere, this is a really good way of getting Thrawn off the planet. So Tarkin tells Thrawn, we get a Rogue One reference. He's like, look, Krennic from Rogue One and his project Stardust, we know that's the Death Star. Like, they just made this, like, really great, like, meaning. It's, it's, like, it's like office politics, which I low-key love. It's, he's like, look, they just made this really great, like, pre- presentation, and now the Empire wants to invest on that project. You have to come to Coruscant and present to us your project and tell us why it's worth investing in, which I, I adore this because it's, like, great. It makes sense. Great way for Thrawn to be off-world while all this is happening. So because you know that if he were here, this would not have gone down the way it did. And it's it's it shows how I don't know. It just I just love office politics in the Empire because it, it's like, of course, you guys, of course, it's through petty drama internally that everything goes to to poop, you know, like aside from the office drama, this also really nails down the time that we're at in the yes. story. And that is I did not realize just how close we were to New Hope at this point. Because in season three, when we see Obi-Wan and he's looking at Luke, it felt like it, like the distance shot when we see Luke running to the house, it always looked like Luke was a lot smaller. Yeah. But I guess he's like, I guess he's like ready. He's he's full grown at this point. I did not realize that. Yeah, I mean, because if you think about it, when we saw Leia, she was like, yeah. she's his twin. So, I mean, th- that was a shot, that shot of yeah. Luke that you're talking about did feel a little off to me because he should be older. 
Yes. He should be. He did seem a little bit young in that shot. But um, I, re- yeah, I really love that. And I love, again, Tarkin taking over the death, like saying that he doesn't believe in the Death Star, knowing full well that he takes over and takes credit for it. I just, I love that. Yeah. But and, um, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, I guess, I guess the other part of it is just the Thrawn. Like when I think of these office things, I always, I, I think of it like um, how like when one person gets a presentation, like you were saying, it's like, now, now give the same one to my friend here. Like I need you to keep doing it because I love this presentation where you talk about killing an entire planet. Please yeah. keep telling us. We need to hear more. Basically. So um, the crew infiltrates the Empire territory unnoticed, thanks to the gliders. And Kanan has a foreboding conversation with Ezra before they they split up. This is when I was like, okay, something's about to go down. Like, this this is the moment. This is actually where, I, and I meant, and I noted it when I was when I was messaging you, is where I started to think I was wrong because when the, when a show calls out a death flag, because this is what this is, when when someone says yeah. something foreboding, like it will serve you in the future, like that's a death flag. Like when yeah. someone says something like that, and Ezra called it out immediately, not in the in, not in the jokey, kitschy way of like, oh, don't say stuff like that before we fight. It was more like, what do you mean? And it felt like a normal response, and I was just like. Is this not happening then? Does 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 he mean something different? So I was I was a little confused about what was going to happen at the end of this episode with this with this conversation happening now. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I it's I I don't know cuz I still like after episode 13, I was pleased with how everything went down. But when I was watching this episode, I thought if they do, one, I couldn't believe they were actually going to do it. Yeah. I was like, you, I would expect this to be something as part of the finale, not as yes. something part of the lead up to the finale. And, and that's why I thought like this was this was just like build up to the finale. I didn't think I thought that Kanan was getting ready. He was like, um, I, I forget what show. I'm, there's a show I'm thinking of and I can't remember exactly which one it was where the main character goes around and like says goodbye to everybody. Like It's, it's a common trope where the main yeah. where the person who's going to die goes around, talks to people says his goodbyes and then moves on. But I thought this was going to be a, an arc long goodbye thing. Like I thought he was mm-hmm. going to be saying goodbye to people as he went, but it was just shoved into this one episode and we're going to get to another one coming up really soon. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so they split up and before, but the last line, the last thing Kanan says to, to Ezra and Sabine May the force be with you both. And I'm like, no. Yeah, no. That was that was the moment I realized, yeah, yep, yep. And I don't think we need to hide. Like, we're not we're not really like hiding the spoiler here, but like no. this is the moment I knew he was dead. Like yeah. this is the moment I'm like, oh yeah, he's he's just dead. There's but no even way. Even then, even when it actually happens, I was like, there's no way. They're actually gonna do this. There's no way. Which is like it really is a testament to how well they've been building us up throughout the entire season, which is like there's no way, or just the creation of this character. You just, you never think Kanan is going to go. And then there yeah. he is. And it's like, oh my God. Anyway. Yeah, we, right. need, we need to get there. We'll, we'll get there. But basically, Kanan goes and saves Hera. And yes. it's a wonderful thing. We get this wonderful cue of, you know, that kind of theme of Star Wars. That's always when something heroic happens. That's the music that's always played. And surprise, he saves her Kalikori. He, 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 but we don't see him go and steal it back, but he goes, like, I got you a present. And it's like, oh no, it's so bad. I love, 
Hera's response to it, though, which is, oh. but this is mine. This isn't a present yeah. if it's already Cause, mine. Because <laughs> she's a high on truth serum. Oh, my God. Basically. I think I think it's an argument that this whole scene, starting with Hera getting the truth serum and seeing Kanan like, coming down the window that and then him saving her, that entire scene is probably the most Star Warsian thing this entire show has yes. ever done. Cause, yes, yes. Because as soon as I realized that this was being played for laughs, like, like the truth serum, like I said, I thought it was, like, a permanent damage thing, like Depot. Like, yeah. as soon as I realized it was a humor thing, like, this is one of the funniest scenes they've ever done. <laughs> and it's also one of the most heroic things. It really felt like a Han and Leia scene. And it was just yeah. incredible. I mean, Leia said, it's, it's no joke. I get, this is the same, like, her response to him being like, I hate your hair. It's a similar kind of humor to when Leia, when Luke and Leia mean The Last Jedi. Okay, spoilers for The Last Jedi. I mean, seriously, if you haven't seen that movie, I can't help you. Um, when, you know, they finally meet, re reunite, and she goes, I know what you're going to say. I changed my hair. I just love that kind of humor. I, I just love hair-related humor in, this, in Star Wars because that, I don't know, for some reason for me, that always reminds me of Carrie Fisher. Yeah. So it's always like, I don't know. That was just a very Carrie moment for me. It was. I, I, I just adored it. That and her like going on about like the two stormtroopers in front of her. It's like, I wonder how he's going to do it. Yeah, like you guys yeah. are in trouble. And they're just like, what is she talking about? Yeah. Or and she's like, Kanan's here. And the lady goes, you're delusional. Yeah, it's no, like, it's no. amazing. Not to mention Kanan. Like this is one of the, like Kanan, like I've always kind of judge i've been unclear of how strong he is like this this episode is like he is a he is a jedi knight like for real like yeah his power has kind of been fluctuating a lot but this episode he was just the the bee's knees every moment he was on screen yeah i mean i will say one thing that for the most part the show has been really good at but in this episode i was a little I mean, it kind of makes sense later, but I was a little, I had a little bit of trepidation toward is that, you know, he's still blind and he's not acting as if that, as if he can't see, you know what I mean? There isn't, you know, like they've been really good with him. Say for instance, whenever he's talking to someone, he's not meeting their eye. Yes. He's looking straight ahead. So even if he can, he's aware that they're there, he feels their presence through the force. He's still, it's still present that he can't see yeah. that he's, and in this episode, whenever he's talking to Hera, in that say in that moment, he's looking at her face. Like he's looking at he's looking at her. And I think so, that's lead, I think that was supposed to be a hint. Um, I know a hint, a hint towards the end thing, which I think we're going to talk about because I don't like that thing that happens at the very mm -hmm. end. Yeah, but, I mean, I could I could see that being controversial. But um, I I think everything other than the stuff with Hera, like the fighting stuff, he fights like he's blind but has like a tough ability. It's really mm -hmm. cool, and I like yeah. it. But um, it's not like what I was thinking. Of, oh, it's not like the episode with Sabine where he's training her in the dark saber. There's a there's a shot, a, a long shot of him training with Sabine, and he's setting up camp for her when he when he's teaching her how to use the dark saber, mm -hmm. where he's holding a shipping manifest like he's reading it. And I'm like, guys, he's blind. What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. on screen for like two seconds, and I'm like, guys, what are you doing? There's nothing like that in this episode. Fair, fair. And I mean, even if, even, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so they escape and the Empire base gets, uh, goes on lockdown. And yeah. this is something I really like, which is that you hear the alarm of Rogue One, of that Rogue One teaser, you hear it for a very brief second. 
You know that you know what I'm talking yeah. about. That no, 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 no. I I didn't make the connection when I was watching, but now that you've said it, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Which I really and again we're see, we're going to be seeing this a lot in these four episodes. But I really, really love how they're incorporating a lot of sound from the other Star Wars film from the Star Wars films and and the shows because it's also reminding you, like that's what Rebels is supposed to be is that link between the prequels but- and the and the tri- and the original trilogy, and it's. We're getting so close to the actual movies time-wise that that incorporation of these sounds, I'm just like really loving. But it's like it also builds into episode 13, like all these hints at other parts. Like I feel like you're supposed to be thinking about all the other Star Wars media as we're leading into this 13th episode. Totally. And it's – it was – I didn't realize it was doing that until episode – like 13th episode started that it was like, oh – we're, we're supposed to be thinking, where is the timeline here? Where are we? What is happening? When is everything happening? And it was really, really well done in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why these four episodes in particular really stand out. They're very li- they're very heavily linked together. Yes, surprisingly so. Even though, so. Yeah, exactly. Because you'd expect them to be like two episodes separated and just very contained stories as of when they air. But in fact, how they are all very intricately intricately linked is just very refreshing because that's not it feels usually like a, what you expect honestly it feels like a four-part finale i don't we'll to get to it later but i don't know how this isn't a finale it's just, yeah <laughs> i don't i don't this get could, how it is. this could be this could have stood on its own as a finale like it yeah, really we could have gotten another season and they might have exactly. been planning that they might have planned that this could be a, this they could be like just putting on a anyways we're i talk- don't know because i mean we're so close to a new hope and they can't go during a new hope they, like they that can't well, be happening well it could but I don't know. I think they, the plan was always to end right before A New Hope. We'll, we'll talk about it in episode 13 because that okay. introduces some things. But okay. All right. Anyway, All right. Let, let's get let's get to the moment here. OK, we'll, uh, uh, we'll get to the moment. But I just want to briefly say as there as um, Hera and um, and uh, Kanan are escaping on a glider because it's on lockdown. They have to run away. They've, they've been found. So they go on a glider and wait. They go. They basically glide to uh, the fuel depot. Yep. And. Kanan says the kids like I love when they mentioned oh the kids were it was the kids idea or oh this I, I like love- how this yeah. implies that he includes Zeb in the kids like yeah. I, love I love that so much because Zeb tries so hard to not be with Sabine and Ezra and everything but but he, he clearly is grouped together with them every chance that that they get yeah yeah I just I don't know I just love that kind of imagery of family and and the kids yeah. and oh you oh i just love it but um but yeah so they go to the fuel depot and wait for ezra and sabine who during this moment were undercover as tie fighter pilots or just pilots empire pirates pirates pilots and um they they steal a transport and they go meet up with with hera and kanan and it happens. So they're yeah. on top well, of this. Well, before, huge... before we get to the depressing thing, can I just say what, what before we yeah. get there, I think this episode again is just really funny. And I love the backup pilot line oh, from Ezra. Yeah. That's a great line. Read. Just, I'm the backup pilot. So, so I'm, I'm in the back. In the back. It's, like <laughs> yeah. This whole episode is really funny. And it, it, it really surprised me how funny this episode is. Because they sometimes they tend to be a little bit on the nose with their humor, yeah. but this time it really played out well. Like sometimes the humor doesn't pay off well, but in this episode it really does. They just hammed it up so far that it yeah. just looped back to being just Star Wars. It's great. Exactly, exactly. But um, but yeah. So Ezra and Sabine with this transporter go and pick them up. Pick and they're on top of this fuel depot. So 
as so they're just on top of basically potential explosion explosives and i'm already like oh god oh no 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 and um the empire they they bring out these walkers and governor price who is the woman who's left in charge after thrawn leaves she tells her troops to fire at the fuel depot and everyone's like but but the fuel and she's like i don't care fire they fire what happens when you mix our like weaponry and fuel explosion and the big moment happens where Kanan uses the force to oh wait we can't get into this yet dude we forgot Hera we... and Kanan the I love you declaration oh <sighs> yeah <laughs> also that happened how... like that see ha- okay. that happened but in, in that your defense first... in your what? defense like it I was honestly surprised that they worked together already like that's my she How called have they him not send him said it before. She's called him love and dear multiple times in the show that I didn't realize that they weren't together. Like when I was binging the show because I was trying to like remember stuff to catch up so we could do this. I was trying to catch up and get there, and I was like, "Are they together?" Because I forget. So I checked Hera's Hera's Wikipedia page because I was trying yeah. to figure out if they were like a thing, and. They were the whole article was talking about Hera in the past tense, and I thought I got spoiled that she was gonna die in this thing. Oh no! <laughs> and it's just like I was like watching this entire finale, this entire four episodes, thinking she was gonna die, and it just oh, no. I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. But that's um, not that's no, but okay, maybe it's because I've seen um Star Wars. Uh, what's it? Uh, what's it called? It's you know that 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 web series of Star Wars, Forces of Destiny. Yeah, and. Hera, oh, I, this isn't, is this a spoiler? I mean, it's out. It's been out. It's, Go ahead. it's, so Hera appears in, like, she talks to Han Solo in Return, like, in, in, after, like, where, like, after Return of the Jedi, like, you, after there's, the like, a scene trilogy. after the original trilogy, but while they're still with the Ewoks, there's a scene where Hera and Han oh. are, like, talking. That's interesting. So she's I've been, alive. I mean, I need to watch that. It's a fun. It's fun. It's like a very like fun little. Doesn't thing. Sabine have one of the, one of the shows? Yeah, about yeah. Her? There's a lot with Sabine. There's some with Padme. It's it's a fun thing to watch. Sabine really came into herself in these past two seasons. I really like. Oh, it. absolutely. I'm really like, happy with it. She's she has been, in my opinion, she is one of the most interesting characters of the crew. Like. Yeah. Again, maybe slightly biased, but the whole like Mandalorian thing, like that to me, that's like Game of Thrones. Like that is that that's what it is. And I'm surprised that they haven't really done. They haven't been like talking about, say, like a it, movie in Mandalore. Like that is their screen. That's there for them to take. It's everyone right loves there. everyone loves the Mandalorians. Like since the original trilogy. But the, yeah. the bigger the bigger issue is that Sabine was. Um, like, it's crazy that they didn't give her a bigger part in the first two seasons, considering she seems to. It seems like she was designed to be a fan favorite, and then they just yeah. gave her nothing. It was yeah, really strange. Basically, and I mean, well, we can talk about how like I yeah. I think it's a mistake that she isn't given. I understand why she can't be the leader of like Mandalore that yeah. unites everybody because then she can't be in the finale. But yeah. at the same time, like she should that it should have been her. It should she, like she should have been the one to to do her it. Her with the dark saber was great. Like I, I love. Anyway, this is this is going back a couple seasons because we haven't yeah. gotten the chance to talk about it. But I love her with the dark saber; it's great. Honestly, like Trials of the Dark Saber is one of my favorite episodes. That's I mean, that's, that's what I was talking about. Um, Trials yeah. of the Dark Saber, um, where where there was that visual strangeness. But um, <laughs> uh, but um, no, that that whole fight with her and uh, that whole episode's great without getting yeah. into it. 
Absolutely. But but yeah, okay. So they kiss, it happens. Then the big thing happens where there's an explode after the the empire shoots the fuel depot, there's this big explosion and Kanan uses the force to contain it. And Which is really he, cool. Absolutely cool. Like and it shows you like here's the thing. I don't know if it's because he is so close to death, so he's so close to the force and becoming the force that it's at the moment of death that a Jedi is the most powerful. Is Does is that, that a thing? I think it's it should be a thing if it's not a thing. I think it's a thing. Maybe <laughs> it's, prob- because- it's probably a thing. It makes like you saying it sounds right, so I'm sure it is right. And not just that, but I mean, like Obi Wan said, "Strike me down, and I'll become far more yeah. powerful than you've ever than you or whatever whatever that line is." And but that's all he's talking about after, like once he want he becomes yeah. one with the Force, but. What if, like, leading up to it is when a Jedi becomes I mean, their most powerful? Going back like to, to The Last Jedi, that's when Luke is the most powerful. Exactly. is right before he passes. So it's kind of like, that. it makes sense. I don't know and if anyone's ever said it, but it makes sense. It, it's, it's interesting, the parallels between, obviously, all the Jedi that have died. It's between yeah. Kanan and all the Jedi that have died. Because I think he, he more closely mirrors Luke's death than he mirrors any of the others. Oh, totally. Like, he doesn't mean... I don't think... Like, Yoda kind of went peacefully. Yeah. Whereas with Obi-Wan, it was much more, pa- like, passive. It was much yeah. more, like, peaceful in terms of, like, I'm not going to attack you. It's much more defensive, I guess. But but so, but yeah. Luke went out saving people, specifically yeah. to save people, and so did, um, obviously, Kanan. Kanan. Yeah. So, I mean, Kanan has this wonderful moment where he... Because Hera obviously comes to get him, and he pushes her off, pushes her away... And um, he basically pushes her into the transport, then pushes the transport away, all with yeah. one hand, while the other hand is holding off the explosion. I mean, that, that shot is incredible with him like one handed both directions. Yeah, it, that it's yeah, it's, it's, it's really incredible. Yeah, it's and there's the moment that can be possibly controversial in that he looks back at Hera and his eyes become healthy again yeah and he sees her before he passes i don't like this i don't like this okay look let me just in defense of it as a romantic how romantic is it that the last thing he sees is hera like that and and hold and okay essentially he's becoming one with the force we saw that obi-wan he doesn't actually perish he just disappears so you can make the argument that he is in transition to disappearing and he's not going to be blind as a force ghost so he's just you know it's like as he's disappearing he's like regaining his sight because he's becoming one with the force so that's my thing but that's like that's my defense of it I, I, I get it, and I love romantic stuff. I love those hopefully, like, I love <laughs> dumb romantic crap. It's the best. It is. But I think that this, it, it feels more like what he wants than what he deserves, if that makes mm, sense. It feels yeah. like it, it doesn't, and, and I think we're getting to this discussion later in the next episode, it feels a little too fantastical to me. And mm. honestly, this feels more unbelievable than some of the stuff that happens in episode 12 and i don't necessarily like that it happens i think that it would have been better if he just passed and he was looking on at her with his blind eyes and you could imagine that as he died he became a force ghost and could see again but i don't like that the show explicitly says it i think 
think yeah. it would have been better if he just kind of like widened his eyes as he as he as it became clear that he could see again, but without mm-hmm. showing his eyes actually becoming a different color. Gotcha, gotcha. So do you think it ha- so had it been a little bit less obvious that that was happening visually, it yes. maybe would have been like, like yes, have him like expressively like express shock over now he can see her again but... i think a better way to do it would have had would have been Hera reflecting in his eyes mm, okay. like because there's all that fire there was all this light i think they could have really used it well to have just her reflect in his eyes and i feel like that'd be a little more subtle way to do it and then this is a cinematography thing like this is a this is nitpicking to be honest yeah be yeah but i just i think that it could have been done better but obviously this was done very well this whole yeah. scene Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, my biggest thing is also like, you know, I I don't like the the the. Granted, he's about to die, and it, as I've yeah. said, it's because he's be- about to become one with the force. So it kind of makes sense in the mystical yeah. way, but at the same time, I also don't want this to be taken as uh as evidence that say someone loses some ability, loses their ability to to to, to see or to hear or to 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 anything to, to walk to anything then suddenly because suddenly if they work hard if they become strong enough in the forest it's fine you know yeah, what i mean kinda, like i don't want that to be something you know it it's a little bit against, ableist if that makes sense yeah I, I think it more just goes even without going into that stuff that you're talking about just there at the end it goes against a lot of what um vader's story is like if you actually can heal people with yeah. the force it just kind of goes against the idea that because because he Kanan is the epitome of a Jedi at the end of at his yeah. end. He is totally in the light side. He's he really does believe all these things. And the fact that he heals himself with light the light side of the force, it doesn't really click with me. Mm-hmm. Like if this was somebody who was neck deep in the dark side, like I actually would buy this a little bit more, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, like, I I love the sentiment i love the meaning i just don't want this to be uh used as it's precedent exactly i don't want it to set a precedent i want it to just be this one-off thing and like it can only happen when you're about to become one with the force you know and i'd be okay with that i'm just worried i guess i am worried about the precedents now that i'm thinking about all my complaints i think precedence is the same thing i'm worried about yeah yeah but um but yeah so that was the Death of Cain and Jairus. Which and is set I, up for the next three episodes that we now have to talk about. Basically. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So let's get into episode 11 then because this is essentially just the aftermath. Yeah. This is this is basically after episode 11, Doom. And it's it starts with the state of the Empire after this explosion. Um, they lose all of their fuel. And the Governor Price, she goes, I don't care, I killed a Jedi. That's that's worth it for me. And let's set up a parade to hide the fact that we're very weak at the moment. I think, I, I, to be honest with you, uh, Governor Price is hashtag relatable. Like, I just killed a Jedi. Like, don't bother me. I just killed a Jedi. <laughs> Basically. And then the, I just love how the sheer... Uh, arrogance she has thinking that Thrawn isn't going to find out about this. It's like, yeah. girl, it's Thrawn. Of course he's going to find out about this. If, <laughs> if this was Tarkin, yeah, he won't, he won't, he would never figure it out. But Thrawn's yeah. going to know the second he looks at you. That's exactly. Something exactly. But, um, but yeah, so he decided to throw a, a parade. Yeah. And we, like, props to the show because a lot of times after something big like a death happens, they jump. A couple years they don't deal with the aftermath they just kind of like jump forward in time a little bit 
But no, we see the po like we straight up like it doesn't stop. It goes straight to like cut to them arriving back and Zeb being like, "Where's Kanan?" And then everybody just like. I, this made me really excited for the episode, knowing that we weren't gonna just gloss over this straight to like flying away from from um. I always forget the name Lothal. Lothal. Yeah. I, I always yeah. I always, I really thought we were just gonna cut to this episode. We were flying away from Lothal and we weren't really going to touch on this, like the immediate aftermath. Cause I think a lot of shows talk about like grief as it, as, after you've had that first moment, but not a lot of shows go over grief. You have in the moment it happens, which is really, this episode really dives down into, which is and, really interesting. Yeah. And star Wars in general, doesn't really deal with grief that much. No. It's like you have like, for instance, when Ben dies, you don't see like the anger, like you don't see the, uh, like, Luke doesn't stay that gr- in that grieving period for long. It's like there's yeah. just too much happening. Whereas I think only here and maybe with Rey in The Last Jedi with, with Han, like maybe like there's where we're dealing with grief and reaction to it and stuff. But but I mean, even is... then there was a jump with Rey. There yeah. was a big jump with Rey, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it, there and there was a lot of other stuff happening with Rey. Like, I feel like with the movies, there's this like very tight sense of time where everything's happening really fast. Yeah. Whereas with here, like they really slowed down. They're like, no, let's explore how each particular character reacts to this loss. Uh- and love that Sabine and Zeb are just like mad. They're just like, no, let's, let's, let's get, we're getting revenge, which is not the Jedi way, but they're not Jedi. So they're just like, no, we're, we're, let's take something back from them. So they go off. Yeah. And I really liked that. I really liked, I think, I think, I think the word I'm looking for, for these four episodes is restraint because Mm -hmm. in a lot of Star Wars things like Clone Wars really could lean on the fact that they could have an action scene every episode they could have this random action that just looked really cool, this cool set piece. This show really can't do that, and I think it yeah. benefits it. Because even when there is a fight, it's not always just a lightsaber duel or just a shootout. It has to be different because there aren't a lot of Jedi and Sith to, to work with here. There aren't a lot yeah. of there aren't a lot of just rebels that they can just kill off to fill an action scene. This this it really makes everything a lot more personal, and I think it really pays off in these four episodes. Oh, with absolutely! How, because I was because as I was watching four episodes, I was thinking we can't have a lightsaber duel, and I, that gets shown later how they solve that problem. We can't have a lightsaber duel. We can't have a big mech thing because this is a small town in Lothal. Like this is a small town. We can't have like walkers and stuff. But they found a way to make they made it personal like they did in season four or season three of Korra. They went from this big stuff to these really small things yeah. that, that really affected people personally. And I really commend them for doing that. Totally. Totally. It makes, it makes the characters all the more complex and you, it gets you more invested in them. Yeah. Cause I think that this villain in this episode is not the strongest, but Zeb and Sabine really sell it. Yeah. Because it's not about, and it's this is something that it's like a it's a, pa- a page out of Marvel's book, which is it's not about the villain. It's never like rarely is the villain the the strong part of the story. It's it's this it's the hero and what the hero grows out of this experience. Yeah. And with and with Zepp and Zabine, it's just learning learning what differentiates them from the Empire is that they're not willing to go that far. They're like yeah. they're they have the anger, but they also know when to pull back, which is like really nice. But um, 
But yeah, so while Zabine and Zeb, but they also, important, Zabine and Zeb are the ones to figure out, oh, like, we actually succeeded our mission. So that's what they're doing. Ezra is going with the wolves on this. Like, he is very much alone in this. He's very much in, in like, doesn't, very lost, doesn't know what to do. And this is when my first, my theory happens. This is like when I first get a hint of, oh, the Kanan is now a wolf. This is yeah. my theory. Like he's a wolf now. Like that's his thing, right? These are force ghosts. These are like, this is this show's version of force ghosts, essentially. Basically. So Kanan, like he, Ezra's lost. And then suddenly all these wolves surround him and he confronts them. And, and, um, he just, and he, he doesn't know what they want, but they offer to give him, um, um, they, they give him the guidance that Kanan usually gives him. And yeah. that's when, that was like my first, that's when I first had that inkling of, oh, Kanan, 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 you're a wolf now, aren't you? And we see this because on top of the wolves we already meet, Ezra for the first time meets this mega wolf. Is the proper term, I guess. <laughs> is, that, is that the official? Is that the official Wikipedia definition of it? Mega I don't wolf? know. No, I don't. Star Wars isn't like a mega show. Like they don't I use the, ter- the word mega. I don't they think use super, they use super a fair bit. Super star enormous star destroying wolf. I don't know. <laughs> he's just he's a big a big wolf appears that can, that tells him I am Doom. I'm curious to see who voices him because. If Freddie Prince Jr. voices him, then like for sure it's Kanan. Yeah, I don't know. I could, I guess I can look that up while you're while you're summarizing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he meets him and and he tell and basically Ezra just like pours out all he's feeling. He's like, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. My master would have been. I need my master. Like, where is he? Well, I know where he is. And then the wolf, Kanan, in my opinion, tells him like brings him like this rock from the Jedi Temple. And tells him that that he must restore the past, redeem the future. Now, watching this, I it kind of went over my head. I was just like, "What? What's ha-? like?" I was too strung up on the fact that I think Kanan is this wolf that I wasn't really listening to what he was saying. And then rewatching it after watching the next two episodes, it all kind of falls very neatly together. It's just all these four episodes are very well planned out in that sense. They are very it, it, well planned out there's clearly the best episodes of any show are when there's a clear thematic through line and this one has an amazing these four episodes have an amazing through line that i was just not expecting yeah exactly and th- so yeah so we get this rock from him and he th- through this wolf he gets his new mission for the group which is save the jedi temple so K- zeb and sabine are the ones who find out the state of the empire and the the state of the empire on Lothal. And Ezra is the one who goes, okay, now I know our next step, which is we got to find, we got to save the Jedi temple. And while all this is happening, we have Hera. Oh God. That was heartbreaking. We have Hera who isn't necessarily doing anything because she needs time for herself. So I kind of like that. She's not like doing something that moves the plot forward. It's much more about character and it's much more about her and she's just, you know, she's mourning. She's and she blames herself. She blames herself for getting Kanan in this situation. And I love that it's Chopper who's with her. Like, because we know the story of Chopper, where he 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 was like he was just like 
like Hera saved him when he was just a tin out in space because he thought that because his old old pilot like uh like died. So the fact that Hera like the fact that he has this loyalty, the sense of loyalty towards Hera, it, I it just really I don't know. I'm just like Chopper. You're so Chopper. Stop it. Chopper is and, Chopper is low key the best character in this show. Sometimes very low key. Low key is not gonna deny it. <laughs> like it's it's really weird to think that because he's essentially like the Momo character, but it's really basically. But um, I'm also surprised because this show, like when it, they thrust Hera into a really archetypal thing where the female love interest after the death of their love their love interest. Um, they hold themselves up into a room and essentially sit in the darkness and brood a bit, which, again, I'm not judging her for doing that, but it's usually a character that doesn't do anything anyways. But because it's Hera, who we had just seen f- being General Hera for like yeah. for like four straight episodes, like she was incredible. She was awesome. Just she killed so many stormtroopers and fought off so many people alone. Like that entire scene in the capital of Lothal where she's um taking on walkers and driving cars into legs and stuff like that is awesome she's awesome and i think that difference between that hera and this hera really emphasize like really makes this scene pop a lot more yeah totally totally and also like she is the one character who's always been like about the rebellion always been like no we have to keep going we have to keep going she's always been that voice so the fact that she's the one now that needs to take a moment just really kind of shows you how, how big, like how, not only how important Kanan is to her, because we know that, but how, how she's never had this moment before, how we haven't seen this from her before. And the fact that now, I don't know, it just makes it all the more tragic, I feel. Um, and also like the decision, that suggestion from Chopper to put Kanan in the Kalikori and continue that legacy. Um, I don't know. I just found that to be very, touching very sweet and yeah yeah so basically after she makes that decision she becomes ready to fight again and the crew comes together and now they have their new mission and they and i don't know it's just this lovely yes in this episode it's it's still like set up it's a lot of uh tying off loose ends it's very much the aftermath of something crazy that happens but even then, I feel like it was a very needed episode because we did need this kind of moment to breathe, to recuperate, and and uh, and for everybody to kind of like just settle. Not just us, the viewer, but like they themselves. Like as a rebellion, they needed to gather up again and regather their strength. And we see that in this episode. And I really enjoyed it. We really more more episodes of Rebels need these kinds of episodes following them, where yeah. we. But the problem is. And I really like that this is not a finale, and I think this is why it does so well, is because most of the big moments like this in Rebels are finales. So the next episodes after them have to be premieres, so we can't have these small yeah. moments be premieres. We need these big moments. And I think that's why um, I like the season three premiere the best, because it has those quiet moments with Kanan and Bendu. Um, but this but this is not a premiere or a finale, so we really have the time to just be have almost no action here. Because the fight with I don't know the creature's name. I don't know its I name. I just call him the assassin. Yeah, the assassin. Like, that is a fight, but it's one of... It's it's not a high, it's, it's not a high note. It's really just... It's, it's more soulless. about watching... It's just... Yeah. And the fact that he even goes invisible during it really emphasizes... It's about Sabine and Zeb. 
and I really like it. I, I think this episode's one of my favorites of the show. If like until I get to episode thirteen, and that was actually <laughs> my favorite of the show. This is my favorite of the show for about thirty minutes. To be to be honest, this is my favorite episode of the show for thirty minutes. Well, and let's talk about the next episode that sets up your favorite episode. Yeah, because wolves and a door. Um, yeah. whenever. Whenever someone incorporates 2D animation, I it immediately shoots up my list of like things that I enjoy. So I I love this. I love I love it, but at the same time, it's like it's hard for me to see episode 12 as its own thing without episode 13 because yeah. they're just they're one, they're it's literally the setup for 13. Like 13 would not make sense without 12, and 12 would not be worth not not much happening without 13 yeah. as the payoff. But again, I think this is rest- what I was talking about was restraint, restraint. This is a very restrained episode. They could have tried to have a lot more here, but yeah. they really put just enough in so 13 could be a much better episode for it. Yeah, totally, totally. So let's start with this journey to the temple because okay. all right so everyone sees everyone has they decide they see this code of they see this like rock and these drawings and they're like okay we got to go to the temple it's under empire control how are we going to get there Ezra's like I'm a I'm a call my wolves up I got wolves my, guys. yeah exactly I've got wolves and again a lot of Mononoke imagery with the wolves here yeah yeah um, how badly I want Filoni to just do this kind of like commentary track for Mononoke just to yeah. see like because if I'm correct, then he really loves Mononoke. <laughs> but it, it, it's and I think we haven't really touched on it. This is one of the most like Star Wars was already more fantasy than sci-fi, in my opinion. Yeah. But this is really fantasy. We're getting really close to some high fantasy themes here in these few episodes. But apparently, when Leia uses the Force, it's too much for people. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's yeah. just, I. it's interesting how everyone's like, Filoni should direct this. Like, I, who cares about Kathleen Kennedy and, and Ryan Johnson? And it's like, really? Really? Like, this is the very thing people are mad at. But because Filoni does it in animation, it's like, okay. It's honest, like, ugh, just, ugh, like yeah. to be honest with you, I loved the Leia stuff in The Last Jedi, in this stuff, I'm much more hesitant about. I'm, I'm, I really like 13, but 12, it's a little too mystical for me at times. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. I mean, again, because we do have, as they're traveling with the wolves, yeah. um, there's this, pat, there's this, ton, this pat, they go through this, there's this like scene where it's just kind of this, it's as if you're in hyperspace in a way. But they're and going it's just the these, planet. Yes, they're going through the planet, but visually, that's kind of the visual that we yeah. take from it, which it looks like as if we're in hyperspace, and we hear all these voices um, throughout the entire series of just basically Ezra and Kanan and the relationship they have with the Force. Essentially, that's what these, we hear all these voices from the past. And we hear Yoda, like just, I think there's Obi-Wan in there a couple times. Yeah, yeah, we hear a lot of just this, very much the Jedi and the Force kind of thing happening. And so, I'm fine with all that. It's just the moment where the wolves just literally drop through the grass that I'm just like, this doesn't feel like Star Wars. I will say, um, in I watched Rebel Recon, which is this thing on the on the Star Wars YouTube channel that happens where they show a little bit of behind the scenes okay. after an episode airs. So they did that yeah, yeah. for these two episodes. And uh, I think it was in Rebel Recon where um, the host, she goes, I understand more of the the uh Mechanics. the world that we're about the world we're about to see in 13 i understand more of what's there than about how the wolves work 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I feel like she was like, I, I understand more of that than I do of how the war. I agree. Work. Which is really you know? interesting yeah. because 13 is a very esoteric thing that happens. Yeah. It's There's very, some, yeah. Maybe esoteric's not the right word, but it's very out there, a lot of the stuff that happens in 13. Totally. I mean, if anything, like 13 is like really embracing fantasy and going into a direction but, of Star Wars that Star Wars never has gone to before. But 13 so feels it, more Star Wars to me than 12. It does. I, for some reason. I, I, do you think it's because it's like visually, it's like, you know, it's a planetarium, whereas this is like wolves and animals, which is like, I think, it's not like an alien. It's just, it's a wolf, you know? So I think that's of part like, of it, but there's another reason, and I think we'll get into it when we talk about it, but it, it goes into the symbolism of it, I think, because this gotcha. is just like, I'm not sure... Because when when mystical stuff happens in Star Wars, it's usually related to the Force and related to the, the the conflict between the Force. This I did not get any of that. I just felt like they just suddenly did something, and I'm not quite sure how to reconcile that in my head. But I do like that when they're traveling to the planet, it's clear that it has to do with the Force. We just weren't really explained what's going on. I, 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 I look at it because, remember, the wolves are the ones who open the yeah. gateway to things. Yeah. So, I mean, this is part of this episode, like the opening of the gateway. Yeah. So, I, I feel like it's just that they've just have, have this, like, link to the time and space. And I, I guess, but it doesn't, like, compared to the, the part where Ezra gets, or not Ezra, um, Kanan gets his vision back, I feel like it would have been better if this was more concrete than if, that, like, I feel like if this would be better if it was a little more concrete what was happening. I, I would have I would have liked that because even when there's mysticism in Star Wars, it feels like somebody explains exactly how it's working, yeah. and or yeah. at least how they think it's working. Because in thirteen, the entire room, I know it. I know how that room works. I mm, get it. I understand. I get gotcha, it. The gotcha. moment, like as soon as we go to one of the doorways, there, like I get what's happening. Here, it's like I'm not quite sure what the wolves can't do. Like okay. why? Like I think that's the biggest problem. I don't know what the wolves can't do at this point. Understood. Understood. Okay. Fair. Hundred percent. They are very much like they they do rely very much on like the magic of the force, so they feel more magical than than mystical. Maybe that's it. Yeah. No. No. That's sense? definitely it. But it's I I, I don't know because it definitely this this episode is definitely trying to build up that the wolves aren't mystical. It's that they're like super super high tech. Like, that's kind of what the implication is at some points here. At least the wolves on the wall. Gotcha, gotcha. And okay, I, well, yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's weird. It's hard to go into why you have a feeling sometimes. And it's just, to me, this does this feels a little off. Okay, that's that, That's fair. all I can say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do um, like, look, I do like episode 12. It's just this part makes me feel a little weird. Gotcha. Okay. Well, something that I do like is that they're already introducing us to this kind of yeah. since since episode ten with or yeah ten with Kanan like with the voices already we're getting this sort of like we're playing with time a little bit here. Which and is, then in episode yeah. was it nine where they like teleported from the northern to the southern hemisphere? Yeah. Like, like I was more okay with that than what happens here. But like here, all that happens is it is they just move through space and time. Yes, like it's it, the same thing happens, isn't it? It is the same thing, but I'm just trying to figure out why that this feels different to me. I'm trying to because I think that's more interesting discussion. Why this this is portrayed just slightly differently, but feels very different in practice. Do and you I, think it's because they hear these voices, and it's not just Ezra hearing these voices; it's all of them. So it's not necessarily like a force sensitive thing. It's like, or maybe yeah. it's because. Do you I, think it's that? I guess it's that because it definitely feels like here in in the tunnel one, it felt like Ezra and Kanan leading the group 
through some Force-sensitive place. And this feels more like the Force is leading them, which never feels like mm. what the Force should be doing. The Force gotcha. shouldn't be Taking forcing sides. things along. And yeah. it definitely feels like that's what it's doing here. Understood. I think, okay. I, I think we've pinpointed what my problem is, and that's it. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we... Sorry for that. Sorry for that side thing. No, no, no. That's that's what we're supposed to do here. Um, but yeah, so they reach the temple and Zeb and Hera decide to keep watch while Sabine and Ezra infiltrate the Empire Control Temple. Um, they hack transmissions because while they're there and we finally hear who is behind this little uh, excavation experiment that's going on. Yeah. We hear the Emperor. We hear Ian McDermott. He's back as the Emperor. And Sabine's face, when she hears that voice, yeah. is amazing. <laughs> like, I adored it. And I love how everyone just, like, internally freaks out. Everyone's like, like, Hera's like, we need to leave. Like, if, it's the, if this is something yeah. to do with the Emperor, this is, no, this is too big for us. Vader, maybe. You know, like, Thrawn, okay. Emperor, no. This like, is a no zone. Which is good, because the show should play up the Emperor like this. But just, totally. they really, it really felt like the Emperor was a force of nature in this two-parter. Like, he was just the embodiment of the dark side. And it was great. Yes, yes. And, I mean... And it's so nice how it's, like, his introduction, tie, like, immediately, like, this force of evil. And the next, like, usually, like, very quickly, the next thing we see is Hera doubting it, being like, no, and who is, who is it that reassures her? What is it, the one thing that keeps her, like, grounded and focused? It's the one force of good of the show uh, for these people, which is Kanan. We see Force Ghost Kanan. <sighs> that, that's a moment I forgot about, actually, where um, she puts her hand Ooh, on her shoulder. What? No, no, you no, no, no. I forgot about Force Ghost Kanan? No, no, I, there was a, I've been thinking a lot more about episode 13, to be honest. 13 is where fair, all my speculation fair. is pointed, because this moment's really small, and I think that's good. It's small, that the moment, but um, I think it's nice. I think it's nice that this happens. And it's interesting, the the um appearance that he takes, because again, Force Ghosts take the appearance of what I, what they, the person thinks they should look like, yeah. and it's interesting that he picks essentially season one Kanan that's mm. not what I would have expected he would have picked but it's interesting how it's like he when they when he and Hera met in last episode it's like it's always been like oh when we first met oh when we first met so I, I kind of like first first season I don't know I kind of I, that to me wasn't as big of a I know but I feel like I feel like him being blind was actually him not to be too um what's the word I, not to be too like um literary or whatever like it feels like that was when he really opened his eyes when he got blind mm, when he became gotcha, became gotcha. very more force sensitive and yeah. i thought that he would take on an appearance not he wouldn't be blind as a force ghost but he would take on an appearance more closely that he tore like it would it would hearken to him being blind in some way yeah because that yeah. felt a, like a much bigger part of his identity well, you can make the argument for like Vader when Anakin becomes a Force ghost again. It's like, yo, but you were, you were, you were, you were, you were hurt, and you were, you were man and machine. Like, why don't you look more like older you instead yeah. of younger you? So there's also that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So they decide to like when we see Emperor Palpatine, when we see him, not hear him, but when we see him for the yeah. first time, we get the first mention of the Mortis gods. 
which is something that was introduced in Clone Wars. Yes. So this is years ago, which in what in my opinion is one of my favorite episodes of Clone Wars, which is like this kind of thing. Are we, we're okay to spoil this, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I watched this episode like years ago, and I forget how it exactly ends. I know that he kills one of the people. Did he kill the daughter? Um, no, that's, I think it's that the son kills the daughter. Okay. But then... Um, yeah, and I think he kills the son, maybe? I yeah. Think it's something like I, that. I, I, know, I know whatever happens that people, some of, them, some of the gods die. That's all I remember. Yeah. But, um, and, I remember and I remember that the daughter represented the light side, yeah. the son represented the, the son. dark side, and the father was the, the gray, that the middle. Yeah, the gray, yeah. Yes, and I mean, uh, what I remember from that episode, what, what really stood out to me of, the, of that, that arc in, in Clone Wars was that Anakin finds out about his future. Yes. And he's so repulsed by it. And he's so like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And again, it's this playing with time that we are going to see in episode 13 where it's like, change. Like, I'm just saying, there are so many time travel fan fictions in, Star- in the Star Wars fan fiction page that suddenly are actually valid. That actually, they're in a universe, they- it could happen. But that being said, I'm glad that we destroyed the temple the second we... Oh, totally. Like, I'm glad totally. it's gone now. But that's only one temple. Maybe in other temples you could reach yeah, a similar... I'm I'm fine with that. But I'm glad that this one, we're not... We can't just have... We're not going to have people just mucking around with time forever now. Oh, totally. Totally. But um, it's it's an interesting element to introduce. And it's something that's been set up since Clone Wars, which I just really, really love. And um, so, yeah, we see... That's when he first mentions the Mortis God. Emperor Palpatine mentions them. And he says in his conversation with his, uh, in, uh, the person he, who works under him, he says, the death of Kanan Jarrus has altered the fate of Lothal. Though yeah. how, I cannot say. I, and that's, it, it, just, it just kind of, one, it really solidifies the fact that Kanan's, is Kanan more powerful in death than in life, similar to most Jedi? And it's like, is, is he just talking about the Jedi Temple, or is he talking about further into the season finale? Yeah. Where it's like, is it good? Is it bad? Like, what is about to happen? Like, him being here, like, should he have survived? Like, him surviving, would that change the fate of the Rebels or the Empire? Like, what is about to happen? And I think it's also interesting, just, I didn't really have, I didn't realize that the Emperor knew Kanan's name. Like, he knew that Kanan was a Jedi Knight. Because... Mm. It's just interesting how much of an impact Kanan had on the Empire that I didn't realize. Yeah. Same with Ezra. It's kind of like, it's these, I think more so, like, the. it's just really fascinating to, like, compare to, compare this to, like, season one where they weren't, like, well-known people, but suddenly they're making these names for themselves. And it's like, I think the only one is Zeb. I think Zeb is the one person of the crew that hasn't really, like, been like renowned outside of like his people but I you think, know what i mean i think that's on purpose I, I think that the showrunners didn't want to give zeb a spotlight which i'm okay with oh totally um he uh, he no offense to zeb but he isn't the most interesting no of the it, characters which is which is why it was so surprising that sabine got a backseat for so long i know i mean he was he for me he was one of the most interesting of the first season but after that i was like okay Zeb, you had when, okay. once you know his story it's really basic yeah yeah but um, not, not that it isn't tragic or emotional right, right, it's, just, right. it's just not that deep yes yes so um so yeah so we 
finally we see okay and the the emperor mentions of the power in the jedi temple we must seize the power within a conduit between the living and the dead so again already setting up what we're about to get into like all these hints were there but still i was so mind blown at episode 13 yes um so yeah so we get force goes kanan we get to we get the emperor and then we finally get to see this kind of the the rock the actual rock where the painting of the mortis gods is like where it is and Ezra and Sabine go as they're like dressed up as like as like stormtroopers and they go in and they start um looking at this rock and starting to like trying to break the code as to how to open the Jedi temple yeah and no one's noticing them despite the floodgates being open like not floodgates floodlights on like just no one notices them i think it's implied that this is a very again mystical thing in that the physical changes are only seen to ezra like people see the aftermath of the changes but they don't see the physical changes occurring i think that's what's oh, implied no, 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 no. here I'm, I'm, no, no 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 i'm not talking about the the 2d animation which we'll, we'll get into oh i'm sorry i'm, I'm sorry. talking about when Sabine and Ezra are just trying to figure out what it says, and they're like, "Well, what does it say?" Well, let's look at the rock that we had, huh? What's oh, your, before oh, Ezra even yeah. touches it, yeah, and yeah. no one's noticing them. There's no like cover. There's no like yeah, rocks yeah. in between them and the others. It's just, it's just one of those things where I'm like, why are they just standing there, not hiding? They're in plain sight, and no one sees them. I'm glad that they Sabine got caught. I'm a little confused yeah. why. It's it took them so caught. long. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my big thing. That's the one little blip of, of kind of I have to suspend my disbelief even more, or I'm aware of my suspension of disbelief, and, is like in that moment. And, 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 like, the sh- and Rebels does this a fair bit, and I think that's when it's at its worst. Is when you're like, why are people blind or why are people deaf? Like stuff like that. And that yeah. happens. It happens. It happens. I think the worst episodes of Rebels are ones where that's the main problem, where you don't know why people don't see or hear something. Exactly. So that's the only thing. But anyway, Sabine gets caught, but Ezra figures out how to, like, activate this, like, image. And we get this beautiful sequence of 2D animation. Yes. It's one of my favorite. I think that's one of my favorite, like, visual cues from the show is just this incorporation of 2d animation and having this like these images come to life on the rock and through that they open this portal yeah and they unlock this gateway into the temple and into another world and after sabine gets caught every the 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 base goes on lockdown forcing ezra to just dive in yes and thus begins one of the best episodes of rebels ever it's it this basically can we just move right into it? Do we need? I don't think yeah. there's much to talk about with twelve. There's here. Not, no, 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 no. We're, ta- we're moving in. Let's talk Good. about a world between worlds, which is the last episode of this bunch. Um, so there, this world is gorgeous. It is. It's it's not. It's just it's a planetarium it, essentially. It reminds me of the shot from Treasure Planet with that uh mm, the map. Yeah. Do you, you know what I'm talking about? That yeah. that it reminds me of that a fair bit with a lot less of the stars. Yeah, yeah. And I just love the use of, like, the white lines and the use of, like, every time Ezra, like, takes a step, you see the ripple effect. And it's just, it's just, it seems so vast and yet seems also contained. Yeah. Which I adore. It's really cool. You're not sure how big this room is. Sometimes it looks like it's just a sphere and sometimes it looks like it extends outwards forever. It's a really cool effect. 
Yes, absolutely. And what made me lose my mind when we first start walking into this world with Ezra is we start hearing voices yes. from all the Star Wars films I and all the shows. I'm talking Clone Wars, Attack of the Clones, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Rebels, The Force Awakens, yes. and Rogue One. Like when I heard Rey, I lost my mind. This, this, and that's like the moment you realize what this room is. It's such good show, not tell storytelling. When you hear all these voices coming in, you're like, I get what this room is. I get where, where Ezra is, what Ezra is going to do here or not what he's going to do, but you get what these doors do. It's such a cool moment. And I mean, it just really, it, it teased for me an animated Ray, but not in the Force of Destiny's way, but in an actual like animated series type of way, which I know we, we won't get until like after the uh, the the trilogy ends, the new trilogy, because I don't think Ray would ever come back in movie form, not for a while at least. So the next time we see her is either in comic or animated form, and this really gave us a hint of that. And I just thought, oh my God, Ray! Uh, imagine just an animated Ray again. I just love Ray a lot, so I lost my mind when I heard her. But, and we, we also heard, and this is my theory, because this is something I wasn't expecting. We heard Jyn Erso. Every other voice we heard in that world, like in that, in that, in that world, was Force-sensitive. The only one who wasn't Force-sensitive is Jyn Erso. Is, what are they saying? That, I mean, it doesn't matter, given how Rogue One ends, but... Does that, what does that tell us? That Jyn Erso maybe was force sensitive and that's why we hear her? Maybe? I think it was more just to give, to. I think it was more of a, sh I think it was just more to be a scattershot attempt at getting, making sure that everyone who's watching knows that there's something time going on here. Like I want, I think that just all it was. They were trying to grab as many different properties as possible to make sure people understood that this room was connected to different time or to different parts of time. I know, I know, but I just wish, like, say, for instance, if, if we're going to go, like, with Force-sensitive, if, if every other speaker was Force-sensitive, I would have preferred, instead, Donnie Yen's character from Rogue yeah. One. So, instead, hearing, like, I am the Force and the Force is with me, instead instead of hearing Jin, if we had heard him, then maybe it would have made more sense for me. Because I'm like, oh, but he is, like, he's he's studied the Force and, and all that. Whereas with Jin, it's more of, like, you know, like, I don't know, I just thought for a second... Why is Jin the one not force sensitive person we hear? Maybe she is. Like, had that been the case, we would have heard Han, I think. And we didn't yeah. hear Han. So that's why I'm like, mm, maybe there's something here. So again, just a theory. But um, so yeah, so we very briefly we see this world and Ezra being like, where am I? Then we get back to our to the rebel world and it's back to Lothal, where Sabine, I am smarter than you, Ren, just kind of teaches this guy, this, like, person that's working under uh, Palpatine a lesson. Because she's just like, I'm not, I'm not working with you in this. And I yeah. just love that her go-to line is just like, I'm smarter than you. I'm smarter than you. Like, but, can't you see? I am smarter than you. But I really, this is one of the first few episodes where I really felt like Sabine knew, understood things that other people didn't. Because it felt like she was, we never really got to see it. Like, the stuff she actually talked about on the screen was pretty dumbed down. But it, yeah. but it felt like she was, she understood things that other people didn't. And that was different than we usually see Sabine in. A different light than we usually yeah. see her in, I think. Totally, because we usually see her, like, yes, like, we we take her artistry for granted. Like, yes. we just see it as kind of as, as, as this, like, oh, look at her, like, 
like releasing her emotions in this way but in fact it actually has this like use and that no she knows how to interpret art she knows how to read yeah. meanings into things so that's also very cool yeah but um while sabine is is trying to figure out how to close this and not die uh zeb and Hera are trying to figure out how to rescue her and ezra and as and basically like i don't know i don't want to spend too much time with her and zeb and Hera because that's not really what's super interesting so that's what they're doing, and let's not talk about them for now. Let's just talk about what uh, Ezra is doing here. He essentially, he's trying to figure out what this world is, and he just follows his path up to this kind of Zelda-looking triangle thing. Yeah, or not Zelda, but like Harry Potter-looking triangle Oh, no, thing? I, it looked more, it looked more, it looked very Zelda to me as well. It looked very much like a, a Triforce or something like that. And it had an okay. owl sitting on top of it, like in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, it was very, yeah. very Zelda-esque. Okay, it, it looks it a lot just like me. the um, and and even because Zelda has a lot of time stuff in it, where like yeah. they have these beats. It, it was very Zelda esque. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so he he sees this this other gateway, and we see, and this is like if I lost my mind with Ray, I all out screamed when I saw this, because we essentially see the Vader via Soka fight of season two from a different point of view. Yeah. Which is so clever from them. Like, they so is, absolutely clever from from Filoni. This is, not only is this clever, it's like, it's, it's not just, it's not just clever from a storytelling perspective. It's so clever from, like, an episode construction perspective. Yeah. Because it gives us a lightsaber duel for, for this, for this season. Because we couldn't really get one any other way. Like, we just couldn't. Because there's no yeah. people for him to fight. If Ezra fights Vader, it has to be the finale and he dies. Because there's no other people yeah. for him to fight. And so we get a lightsaber duel, which is still cool to see Ahsoka fighting Vader again, even if it was really short. And we also just get Ahsoka. <laughs> it's incredible. This thing hits like both like five stones at once. It's so yeah. incredible. And I mean, it just answers that question of like, what happened to her? Yeah. Which you think that we're never going to get? You think that we're just going to get this kind of like, oh, like she, something with the force, something mystical happens, which is true. That's what happens. But like... The fact that this is what we're getting and the fact that Ezra saves her. Yes. He pulls her out and I just, the implications of this, I just, is she, I, she has to be in the finale. I, I actually have to. a different opinion, but we'll talk about that later. Okay, well, even if she isn't in the finale, like, she has to, like, survive into, like, the trilogy. She will. So she must know about Luke she eventually will find out about Luke and Leia. I think I, I guess I can talk about it now. There's no real other time to talk about it. I think that when we get to it later, when she jumps through the portal to a different time, I think that this is setting us up for Ahsoka's in the future. Ahsoka is somewhere mm. in the future of this timeline. She might be, she might have just leapfrogged all the way past the original trilogy with this. I don't know because the thing is, like, she does because remember when in season two we do get that last look of her in in the temple. And and she's going down the steps and whatever, like going into the temple further. And when we leave, when when she gets pulled in, like when we last see the fight, she gets pulled into the world by Ezra. She's like fight. she has her lightsabers out and stuff. So it's not as if that when we're watching it in season two, like what if... Had she gone in the future, we wouldn't have seen her in season two at the end. That little bit of her. 
Well, no, no, no. We did though. We did see her at the little bit because that's the- what I mean. But like, it, it had it had we gone had she like through that pathway gone forward in time, right, and skipped over the trilogy, then we wouldn't have seen that little bit of her in season two because that little bit of her is when she comes back after in the world. Does that mean? No, sense? no, no, no. Because because here's the here's how it works. She grows up. She's on a normal timeline. She goes straight from through the Clone Wars, grows up normally, through to Rebels. And she's just – she has not done any time travel, right? She's not done right. any time travel yet. Then when she's fighting Vader, she gets pulled out of her normal timeline for the first time, and she's suddenly thrust into a different point in time. And what I'm saying is what I'm theorizing is that she just jumps. There's just a break in her line. Like there's like – how old is Ahsoka right now? I don't even know. She's at least. But I mean, she's at least. But, she's at least like twenty-five, right? Right. Because because she, she's at least ten at during Clone Wars yeah, at time. Yeah. So she's yeah. at least twenty-five. So I'll go with like twenty-eight or something. So she's twenty-eight, and she so she has twenty-eight years of living, and then all of a sudden she's she's just cut off and thrown somewhere else in the timeline. And I don't think that this. I don't think the timeline does uh, disallows her from being thrown somewhere else to the future. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the 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 Ahsoka we see at the end of season two. Yes. That Ahsoka is the, the one we see right there at the end when we get that view of her going back inside the temple when we think, is she dead? But then we see her again. That's her after she returns from that world. Oh, right. I completely forgot about that. Oh. That's what I'm saying. So I don't think that... She goes into the future. I I see what you're saying now. I completely forgot about that shot at the end of season two because they thought it was like a force ghost or something. Right, right, and it's I, her like back from the world. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just I just like this. I watched season two finale a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. No, 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 no worries. No, no, no. I mean, I'd be all down for like her going back to like oh. the the like Knights of the Old Republic time period and having her own adventure there. Like that sounds amazing. I'm just looking for some <laughs> way we can have Ahsoka live action. That's all. Because they, yeah, but we could now. Like, what? Is, how how long? How long does her race live? Or she's a Twi'lek, right? No, no, she's not Twi'lek. She's a Tagura. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The the, the ear things confuse me. The the yeah, the yeah, tentacle yeah. things. But how? Like, I don't know how old her race lives. I just don't. I don't know either. I think normal human age, maybe. I don't know. Because then it becomes hard. Because then she's at least she she's at least ten years older than Luke or so at the very well, least. But she's like she could like I'm not saying that she has to like because look we could have like a, a standalone Ahsoka movie that takes place like after the original trilogy but before the sequel. Oh, and I'd love that, know, but like, I'm just not sure you know, what like, it would cover yeah. because. I mean, it could just be her own adventure, and it then could. she randomly runs into Leia, and then she teaches Leia some like Jedi trick, and then Leia can use the Force, and no one <laughs> flips out. I just need Leia I, and Ahsoka. What, to what I'm saying is, like, if we do a live action Ahsoka, we really need we really need a lightsaber battle because Ahsoka is one of the coolest people to watch fight. Yeah. It's she just is. Yeah. True. True. Like whenever I mean, whenever yes. she whenever she pulls out her lightsabers, I'm always just like I'm always hyped because I know that her fights are always amazing. Yeah. I mean. She like double lightsabers and they're like, oh, she's just, she's awesome. And I love how she's just kind of like, wait, she, she takes like being thrown into a new, like a new world. So cool. Oh yeah. She's just ready. Exactly. But here's the thing though. Like this just really, cause remember when Ezra, cause you know, Ezra kind of has this like moment of power desperation. Like I wouldn't say power hunger, but kind of desperation. Cause he like, he's like, I can save Kanan now. And and Ahsoka tells him, 
you have to let go. Like, I couldn't save my master. You can't save yours. Like, I bet that idea went through her head for it a split did. second of, I could go back and stop Anakin from turning. I think she was actually thinking about it while he was watching. That's what we're supposed to be thinking. It, it's yeah. so interesting because, um, and then on top of it, these are supposed to be representing the father, the, the son and daughter again that we were talking about yeah. just a little bit ago. Because in this scene, Ezra's wearing a stormtrooper outfit and Ahsoka's wearing her normal garb. And it's supposed to very clearly be Ahsoka's the light side, Ezra's the dark. And they're reconciling that. And it's very – and I think that's very clearly I being – See, but here's also the something interesting. You could also make the argument that – because the Emperor appears – like, you know, like where Ezra sees Kanan? Yeah. Like that, that gateway, right? And he's so close as to intervening that he doesn't. That's the very same gateway where Palpatine appears from, which also represents temptation. Like that probably was Palpatine being like, Ezra, come with me. Like technically, if we went through like the whole good light side, dark side and gray area, Palpatine would be the dark side. Ezra would be the light side and Ahsoka would be the gray area. I guess guess that is because I I guess the way I was originally seeing it was that Ezra was dark. Um, Ahsoka was light, and then Ezra realized was pulled back to the light, and then that was balanced out by Palpatine showing up. Mm, now that they I see, I see. Because gotcha. the balance is so important, because now that they're both light, there needs to be some darkness here. And it was, but I think both of those interpretations are valid. I think, I, I, not, not just because it's my opinion that I think my opinion is valid, but I think both these opinions are valid because it's very, it's very Star Warsian in that it's just very, very symbolic. Blurred. A lot of things yeah. going on. All these things are very symbolic. Totally. You're supposed to be feeling like, this could be told, this story could be told anywhere, not just with time travel. Like this is a, this is just classic story tropes being shown to us, but it's showed very well. And that's what Star Wars does when it's at its best. And I mean, it fits like depending on the point of view, the story changes. Yeah. So from a certain point of view. Yeah. Boom. Um, but yeah. So which do you, okay. Do you think that Ezra, is there any chance of Ezra going bad in the finale? Before I thought so. Now I don't think so. Okay, because here's the thing. Also, like once, like Ahsoka and him part ways, and he promises Ahsoka that they meet. Like Ahsoka promises him that they'll meet again. They part ways. The only way that Ezra can close the temple is by touching the sun. Yes. Who is the dark one? And he's the one. He faints from the sun. Versus it's clear- like he touches the daughter. You know what I mean? So it's like. Is there some repercussion from that? I think it's clear that um, I, I read that like the holocrons where like mm. you have to be in tune with that side of the force to do it. You have to be in tune gotcha. with the dark side. And I think it was more that was Ezra has touched the dark side before and he could use it. But I don't think that means he's going to be tempted by the dark side. Okay. He just gotcha. knew how to harness it to close the, the temple. The like I don't think Kanan would have been able to close the temple, for example. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Do you think Ahsoka would have been able to close the temple? I don't think we've seen enough of her to know for sure. Because I don't know how much mm. of the dark side she's... Because I forget how much of the dark side she gets. Because she gets angry in the Clone Wars. But she never really feels like she's dark ever. Yeah, I mean, like, the reason she leaves the Jedi is because she, like... It's more of she loses faith in them like, rather yeah, than yeah. the light side of the She force. leaves... She leaves them on the moral high ground somehow. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which is crazy. So, um, which again, it shows how complicated things are. Um, but yeah, so basically something that I also want to point out is that when Ezra is, sees, basically sees Kanan die again, he hears Hera's scream. Like I knew this was going to happen when he said he was going to go 
try to save Kanan, but it still was just it was horrible to watch again like, from a different and angle. Ev- and every time, like for me, it isn't even him. It's just hearing Hera's voice, yeah. hearing that pain, and just being like he he he's gonna carry that with him. Like he if did. before he couldn't, if before maybe in the heat of the moment he kind of like well, maybe. You know, like in the adrenaline rush of everything that happens in the shock, it doesn't like he he it doesn't really sink in. Now he really can't forget that voice of Hera. Because in the original scene, it's the the explosion really takes up a lot of the audio in that first time. Yeah. But this time, everything except for the voices is turned down, so you can really hear the voices. So even though I knew Hera had screamed, you didn't really get to hear the 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 acting that she had done. Yeah, the voice yeah, actor did totally. Until this time, because it was really. They really just separated the audio tracks for this, and it mm, really yeah. hits home. Totally, it's it was heartbreaking again, and that like okay, here's my biggest worry for the finale: Will Ahsoka survive? I think at this point, Ahsoka has to survive. Like they can't bring her back just no. to kill her off. Ahsoka surviving, and yeah, I, she I, has to. I, I, I'm I'm sorry. I paused. I'm trying to think of like why you would kill, bring her back just to kill her again. Because I would understand if they brought her back to the temple and then she walked back out through the door she came through, back to fighting Vader again. Because that mm. feels like a very Jedi thing to do. That feels like a very yeah. Star Wars thing to do. Be like, I'm here to help you, Ezra, to push you on your way, but then I need to go back to where you took me out of. I can't. Right, right. I can't break this chain that we that you've broken. But um, and I'd be okay with that. That's the only way I could see ahsoka dying but we're past that i don't i don't see see ahsoka dying at this point totally yeah absolutely so we get the okay so the emperor tries to grab the two they split up they promise to meet again the crew seals the portal and then we finally get this goodbye to kanan because they leave and then the next shot we see is the temple being gone and it's just this vastness of desert, I guess. So, one, is there an emptiness of force energy in Lothal now? Or I, is it just, you know, that Kanan, the Kanan's connection to them, that presence that they kind of felt even after he was gone is just disappeared? I think it's more the Kanan thing. I think Lothal's, well, it also could be, it could be both. It could be both. It right. could be that the temple itself can move through space and time as well. And that it's moved from Lothal to somewhere else. Um, right. it, that that was my understanding more than it got destroyed. I guess that it just got moved somewhere else because it can mm, do that. I um, but I and I think so. I, I think they might have been relating the feeling of the temple to Canaan in some ways mm. because that's just that was their goal. After Canaan died, they related yeah. things to this temple, the force energy they felt from this temple. Now that the temple's gone, they feel like they've lost Canaan as well because they lost kind of the last thing he wanted them to do totally yeah yeah true i mean do you think that there's ever do you think this is like all right this is the closure of kanan's influence in how the story is going to play out i think or or yeah i think it's the closure i think this is the closest thing we're gonna get to closure they might mention him i'm sure they'll mention him at some other point in the finale but i think this is definitely the closure the most closure we're gonna get we're not gonna get something else here i Sabine and, and Zeb were not close enough to Kanan to get a scene like this. So I think we're done. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool, cool. But yeah, so that really does it. So before we finish off this podcast, I wanted to ask you, what 
are what are you what do you like give me a theory what do you think is gonna happen you want me to like to be honest with you i have no clue I just have, that's a theory too like have, not a theory but like that's also a guess like not knowing i just have fair. no clue because i don't know what's gonna because we have to resolve thrawn we have to resolve where ezra ends up on the on the spectrum we have to resolve ahsoka we have to resolve um the rebels and how we lead into the new hope like i don't know how we're gonna do all these things and i don't know what we're not gonna cover because i feel like we're gonna not cover some of these like we might not cover ahsoka we might not cover thrawn because they could always just make a new show and that that talks about thrawn later like we could throw thrawn in as another villain in another star wars show at some point yeah yeah and like and it's not sure what things they want to hold on to for future things so i'm not sure what we're going to get into i'm not sure what things are going to end i think the one thing i know for sure we're going to touch on is ezra's place in the spectrum of the force but mm-hmm. again i'm not sure what his final thing is going to be i don't know if he's going to die or not do you do you think and this is feel free to like completely reject this do you think that we'll get an epilogue at the end of this where we time jump into the future i think we and either that's uh, either and it's either in the during the original trilogy or whatever and we get a a glimpse of where each character ends up i think we're not going to get a glimpse of the characters i think we're gonna i this is the type of show i can see ending with one character sitting alone in a room hearing like mm-hmm. on the radio something happening from like the original trilogy. Okay. I'm sure like like I'm not saying that's gonna be what happens. I'm just gonna say like we'll see one of the characters viewing something from the original trilogy and that's all we're gonna get. I don't think we're gonna get a full epilogue. I think we're gonna okay. jump forward just to like say like yeah this was at this time in the timeline we know but I don't think it's gonna be more than just a nod. Okay. All right. Do you think that in the finale we'll see any of the characters from the original trilogy, either it being um, uh, either it being uh, Mon Mothma or Princess Leia or maybe seeing uh, Senator Organa one last time. Like, I think, what do you think? I think Senator Organa is the most likely. I, okay. I do, because I feel like we need to see, see them one more time. I, I don't yeah. know. It just feels like the most easiest one to fit in. Like, we have a mission to do. Because we don't even know what... I watched the trailer for this series finale, but it tells you almost nothing. It just has a bunch gotcha. of action yeah. shots. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm, like, thinking, like, is there going to be, like, some big, like, are we going to see Luke? You I know, but an actual, like, line from Luke. I don't know. Like, I just don't. Like, because <sighs> here's the problem. Here's the problem I have. I don't think they're going to kill somebody else. I just don't think that they can because they barely, right. they, they couldn't even say the word dead. They just couldn't, Yeah. which is insane considering they said the word perish. Like somehow perish is less final than dead. I don't get it. But um, like, I don't think they can kill Ezra. They just can't from a writing standpoint, like in terms See, of but like, well, what's going to happen then? Cause he's a Jedi. I and- know. And so, like, how can he like sit back while Luke is doing this all on his own? Honestly, honestly, I thought they were going to throw Ezra and Ahsoka somewhere in the past or future because it just fixes mm. everything. See, it just... but I, it, it can't be, like, so close to, like, Ahsoka. It has to be, like, super far back in the past, like, or, Knights of the Old Republic. Or, like past. I said, it has to be super far back or ahead of the original trilogy, which they didn't do. They didn't do. And they need to do it with Ezra, too, because otherwise it just doesn't make sense. Why did Ezra not help Luke? It just doesn't make sense. Because at this point, Ezra is stronger than Luke. Ezra could have 
taught some things to Luke be- and helped him find Yoda. Like, there are just parts of this that don't make sense if Ezra is alive. But then that same, but the same question, like, then what happens to Ahsoka? I don't. Like, how can she be present and then not even I, okay. try to communicate okay. with Luke okay. or Leia? I just, I need her and Leia to have a scene here's together. Here's the possible ending, the way they fix it. It's possible Ezra and Ahsoka go back into the temple because, like, I was talking about how Ahsoka wanted to lead back, go back to the past, and go back to fighting yeah. Vader. Like, that could be a thing. Maybe they realize to balance things, they need to go back to the temple. They need to send themselves back somewhere because they've already messed with the timeline too much. Okay. Okay, so you think that there's, like, repercussions to messing with the timeline? Yes, I think there could be repercussions. I think that fits with a lot of the things that the show does. I think okay. – <laughs> I'm sorry. There could be some things that – there could be consequences we don't know about yet. And that could be why we don't see them. I'm not okay. sure if that's what the show will do, but it feels it feels like it fits more than anything else because I don't know what else explains it. Yeah. Other than yeah. Thrawn just straight up killing them, which I don't think the show is going to do. Okay, do you think the Thrawn's going to die? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because like I said, Thrawn is such a good villain that I feel like he could fill out other shows too. But at the same time, I feel like he has to die. He does. Because then there's certain moments in the original trilogy, certain mistakes that the Empire makes by like, you know, by the second Death Star, if Thrawn were alive, he would not have let them create that weakness in the middle, you know? It's, it's, there's always, there's, there's a possibility that Thrawn lives on through the first movie and maybe even the second one, but not through the third. The third one, yeah. It's possible, it's possible we could have, because let's be honest, there's going to be another Star Wars show. Like every time one. Oh, totally. There's, there's another one in the works probably. We just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. And I'm sure the reason is because the name spoils what, what timeline, what part of the timeline it's in. Yeah. And um, I, I, I'd be, vi- I would not be surprised at all if Thrawn lives and we get a show that kind of runs concurrent to the first and second movies in some ways, because mm. we, it's, it's made clear, especially in the new trilogy, that we're not seeing the whole rebellion. We're just seeing bits and pieces of it. And it'd be interesting to see that. Luke is not the only person fighting. It'd be interesting to see that Luke and Han and Leia are not the only people. They're not the only front. Gotcha. gotcha. And I mean, it works a little. It, it's not as easy to do with the original trilogy material than it is with the sequel trilogy. Yeah, true. I mean, I just, I just wish, like, I don't know. I kind of just want to do something maybe post original trilogy. Yes, and then. Between trilogy and sequel, tr- I just want more Leia. <laughs> I, and I, I think that post original trilogy is the most likely. I'm just saying that Thrawn is such a good villain, and he was kind of underused for what we saw. So yeah, far. totally. Like when, yeah. Whenever he was used well, he was amazing. He was a Lotor. He was an Azula. He always felt like he knew what he was doing. He felt like he 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 matched the name recognition he deserved. Yeah. And totally. I, I don't know. It doesn't feel like this finale is about him. That's also the other problem. I don't feel mm. like because he's in Coruscant right now. Well, I mean, he, he but he's gonna probably come back. I'm just saying, like we have it's three episodes all I coming know. together. I just so it's a lot. It's like an hour and a half. It's a movie essentially. I know, and I just have no idea what it's gonna be about. I just have no clue. Oh, uh, but that's the best way to go into something, right? right? But I mean, like, 
it's good. It's good not knowing, but I wish there was hints. Because, I mean, like, when you're watching Avatar, you know that at least, you know what the final goal is. You know what the goal of the characters is. I don't feel like the characters have any more motivations left. They've done mm. the things they need to do. And now at this point, it feels like, I'm worried this might just feel like a tacked on battle after the emotional climax of this show. Mm. Okay. And, okay. Because in Avatar, we knew they needed to do that. We knew they needed to fight the Fire Lord all along. Korra, through the whole season, we knew she had to take down Kuvira. And mm. here, it's like, they're done. They saved Lothal. Maybe it's take down Thrawn. Take down, like, maybe it's destroy the factory. Now that the fuel's gone, now it's like, now we have to actually destroy it. Yeah, I guess. I, like, that's the mm-hmm. only thing I could think of, because that, 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 that's an okay guess. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry I'm stuttering here. I just have no clue. <laughs> I just don't know. That's, it's okay. It's okay not to know. I'm being I'm being really hard on you because I'm just like, well, what do you think of this? So no, I know, and I, I'm just racking my brain, and I and I think it's been shown on like the Rick and Morty panels that I cannot think on my feet very well. Um, I I don't know. You're good, you're and good. Thrawn, I, I guess it just stems from the fact that I want to see more Thrawn. Gotcha. Okay. And and I think yeah. and but it also could extend into but I, like I said, I don't know how he fits into this finale. He could just mm-hmm. be – he's never really been one-on-one with any of our villains. I don't know. He's never set himself up in a position to be killed at any point. And I don't know how we could set him up to die because he's always the guy in the tower away from the fighting because he knows yeah. that he is more – even though he clearly is good at hand-to-hand combat that's been shown with him training and stuff. He knows his mind is more valuable. He knows, he knows that he's more valuable as a tactician no matter how strong yeah. he is in a fight. And I think yeah. – and that's what makes him interesting, that he knows that. It's like it's like how Azula is – he's just as good as Azula at fighting, but as, but as if Azula realized, hey, why am I doing this? This is stupid. I shouldn't be on the front lines. And I like yeah. that about him, but I'm just not sure how we get him on the front lines to, to die. I'm just not sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, then. Well <laughs> – it, on next Monday, we're going to find out. Um, yeah. We'll find out and we'll have all our answers, all our questions answered. Um, but yeah, everybody, you can find out all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. Join us on Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. Support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Juliana, Juliana, a.k.a. Juliana. Sorry, Julie I'm Latin, Jana. So I, I say, think it's Jana. It's supposed to be Jana from Star. Gotcha. Okay, because I'm Latin. I say I I see J and I think. No, I get it. I get it. I'm helping you out. I'm helping you out. It's supposed to be Julie Jana. It's supposed to be referenced to Julie Star. Jana. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, Julie Jana, and thanks as always to our Patreon executive producers John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Andy, and Hugh. Um, and also, if you guys are interested in uh, Rebels coverage, we for a while on Over Overly Animated did cover it. So if you want to listen to some past uh rebels uh coverage check that out too um yeah so thanks for listening guys we'll see you next time bye bye